What's up? Welcome to Bow Down, the teaching ministry of Pastor Chris Tress. All right, Joel 3, Joel 3. Listen, this this book was written 2,800 years ago, the book of Joel. Say that, 2,800. It might be like 835, I, I don't know, give or take a few years, but we'll go with 800, okay? I want you to understand that this book was written to the nation of Israel that was a nation at the time. And then, after Christ died in 33 AD and rose again from the dead, some years later, in 70 AD, a Roman uh, guy named Titus of Asphazian comes in and he destroys the nation Really, he destroys Jerusalem. He tears down the temple, fulfilling a prophecy that Jesus said, no stone will be left upon another, and killed about a million Jews and Israelites. Not only that, but the Jewish people were scattered amongst the nations. That has happened for 2,000 years. But in our time... In our time, 1948, May 14th, Israel became a nation. Fulfilling another prophecy in Isaiah, can a nation be born in once? Yes. March 14, 1948. In 1967, Israel took over the city of Jerusalem. And so these are all different prophecies that were in the Bible. Now, this of what we're reading is speaking to this time right now. So God, in his love, was speaking to the nation at the time, but he was also speaking to us today, 2,800 years later, and listen to what the Lord says. It says, for behold, in those days at that time, that's now, when I restore the fortunes, of Judah and Jerusalem. Highlight fortunes. You can do your own research and look where Israel is as a nation and how rich they are compared to other countries of the world. Their fortunes have been restored. In fact, we know that um, in California, we have a lot of tech industry, right? where there's something new now that has been happening in Israel called the Wadi Valley. It is the new Silicon Valley of the world of which Elon has taken Tesla over there to do the automated driving because their systems and computer systems are so advanced. Their warfare stuff is so advanced. They are advanced. They were a desert 60 years ago. And God says, I'm going to restore the fortunes. What didn't he say? That I'll restore their hearts. This is why people are offended about the nation of Israel, because in Israel today, there is probably around 2% of that nation that has given their life to Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus. And 98% have rejected Jesus. But see, God said here that he'll restore the fortunes. He didn't say, I'm going to restore their hearts. Stay with me here. And by the way, if you're confused about all this, I'm just driving by as fast as I can. Have fun on the book of Revelation study where we went through for like almost a year. It's online. We can get into more detail. 
But here's what's gonna happen when God restores their heart. You can jot down Zechariah chapter 12 and Zechariah chapter 14, where God will restore their hearts. They're gonna see the one whom they pierced and they are going to weep. Who was pierced? Jesus was. So that's another prophecy fulfilled by the Bible. Zechariah was written before Christ was even born. And it says, the one whom they pierced, crucify him, crucify him. Crucify him. So here in Joel 3, God is saying, I'm going to restore the fortunes. We're in that time right now. The hearts haven't been restored. That's going to happen. God, Romans 9, 10, and 11, read it at your own time. God is going to open their eyes, and they're going to see, and they're going to weep. We reject replacement theology here. Verse 2, Joel 3. I will gather all the nations. Say all the nations. Does that include America? Some people say, I don't see American in times. Yeah, it is. Start reading your Bible. Chapter, verse 2. Our nation will turn against Israel. Don't be too ultra MAGA. I'm an equal opportunity offender. I'm on the Lord's side. I want you to understand something. In my heart, I was praising God yesterday because it was the one-year anniversary of Roe v. Wade being turned down, overthrown. Do you know how many Christians for over 50 years were praying and fasting and seeking God's face? Please, God, in this American holocaust where there's over 60 million babies, blood crying out from the ground because we are destroying in the womb children that you have created. And I want you to listen to me without getting offended. This is why I prayed like I prayed. After fasting and praying and asking God to move, God raised up a guy named Donald J. Trump. See, you don't know what to do because God's offensive. Look, I know a lot of people don't like him. I'm not saying whether to like him or not. God raised up Caesar. God raised up uh, uh, Cyrus in Isaiah 45. God can raise up who he wants to raise up. It doesn't mean that that's God's man, but that could be God's vessel without that being God's man. And so we have to understand the sovereignty of God that said, I'm going to use this guy. That is so offensive, that is so brash, that is so brazen, and I'm going to answer my people's cries, so he's going to put up three conservative Supreme Court justices that will turn down the great evil in our nation, the American Holocaust. Don't ever look down on Germany, America, because we've done far worse. We've got our own Holocaust. And those of you who hate date Donald, you need to just repent and thank God for him. I know I was yesterday. So again, if you're not going to come back, there is that blue book. Um, Shepherd looks at Psalm 23. It's yours. 
I don't even know what time it is, guys. Um, Okay, verse 2. <laughs> I will gather the nations and bring them down to the valley. That wasn't in my notes, by the way. It's just nations. It, I should have just kept reading. So I'm going to bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. Uh, <clears throat> and I will enter into judgment with them there. That's important. On behalf of my people and my heritage, Israel, because they've scattered them amongst the nations and they've divided up my land. Politically, Chris, do you want a peace treaty in Israel where they divide up the land? No, I do not. And I was against it when Obama was pitching it. I was against it when Trump was pitching it. And the next president that we have right now, I'm against it now as riding with Biden is pitching it. And I will always be against it. Why? Because I have what's called a biblical nationalist perspective of God's word. Biblical nationalist. Biblical. I'm always going to be about dividing up the land. Why? I don't want judgment. You got to wake up, church. We're asleep at the wheel. And if your Bible doesn't inform your politics, you are under deception. My king is Jesus, and my life is aligned around him. I've pledged allegiance to the kingdom of God, and I seek that first. America, listen, 60 million unborn babies in the womb. And there's one party, do your own research, that voted to continue to kill babies all the way up till the day of birth. Yes. It's sick. It's sick. It's sick. Again, do your own research. Because they've scattered them among the nations and divided up my land, verse 3. And they've cast lots for my people. They've traded a boy for a prostitute. They've sold a girl for a wine and have drunk it. That verse right there speaks to today. This is what's going on in our world right now. I want you to understand that pedophilia as a norm is right around the corner. I want you to understand as you research queer theory, the foundational people who have begun that are all believers in pedophilia. So we need to be people that really understand what's going on in this world. That children are going to be sold and prostituted out. As a way of norm in this world. One of the reasons why I believe in pre-trib rapture, because I don't know about you, but I'm going to Old Testament. I'm going to start taking people out when that happens. So I believe the church will be raptured up before, because see, when the Holy Spirit's gone, there's nothing to hold back the evil that's in people's hearts. And the indoctrination of our kids in school, this is why every church needs to start a Christian school. We are, by the way, come see me if you want to do that. We're hiring. <laughs> that wasn't a joke. 
there are ideologies that are put forth where if a little kid believes, as they're a four-year-old, that they are a boy, but they believe that they're a girl, that it's okay to go have surgery because it's what they believe. I was watching a comedian who said, you know, when I was four, I wanted to be a pirate. I'm glad my mom didn't cut my eye out and give me a patch and cut off my leg and walk around with a peg leg and put a hook on my hand saying, R. It's a joke, but again, those with the spirit understand what's going on. There's a deception in this age that we need to be aware of, church. There is stuff that is moving words, ideas, and philosophy. Satan, Jesus calls the father of what? Lies. Lies. And so deception is his trick. Deception is the hallmark of the last days. And, and Scripture says deception will increase. Yes. Yes. And so we have to be aware. What's behind this flag is not just a flag with different colors. There's something else that's there. So, church, there's a movie coming out. If you don't have money... It's free. If you have money, go online and go pay it forward and buy people tickets because we want this movie. We want this movie to catch fire. We want the church to rise up. Some people here are going to raise up and they're going to give their life to end what you're about to see here in this movie. And so this movie raises awareness, but we don't want to be a church. And why did I spend time in Joel chapter 3? Because 2,800 years ago, God says in the end times, there is going to be children trafficked. Joel 3.3, children sold for money. That's going to be in the main culture of the world and the nations. And so church, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Jeremy, play, please. Or pray. How many pedophiles you got? 288. How many kids you found? It is the fastest growing international crime network that the world has ever seen. It has already passed the illegal arms trade. And soon it's going to pass the drug trade. Because you can sell a bag of cocaine one time with a child five to ten times a day. God's children are not for sale. How long have you been doing this? Twelve years now. How many pedophiles you got? 288. How many kids you found? For Homeland Security, you know we can't go off rescuing Honduran kids in Colombia. But you need she'll disappear for good. Imagine walking into a room right now, seeing an empty bed. What we do? You quit your job and you go and rescue those kids. At this moment, she could be a block down the road, or she could be in Moscow, Bangkok, L.A. She's 
Chief's major operator. It's all rebel territory. No one goes in. Not the army, not the police, not us. What if this was your daughter? There's no Marine unit coming. You're on your own. This job tears you to pieces. And this is my one chance to put those pieces back together. When God tells you what to do, estimated two million children are trafficked every year and we can help them sound of freedom is based on a true story about real life heroes saving kids from the dark world of child trafficking we know this is heartbreaking and it hurts to look at but the first step in helping these children is hearing their story not enough people know this problem exists and even fewer people are willing to do anything about it our goal is to inspire two million people to attend the film's opening weekend to represent the two million trafficked children around the world. To spread the word, Angel Studios set up a pay it forward program where you can pay for someone else's ticket who might not otherwise see it. If the ticket price is stopping you from attending, claim your free ticket at angel.com freedom. Sound of Freedom opens the week of July 4th. Every parent, every adult, and every teenager in America should be there to see it. If millions of us come together today to see this film, we could propel the movement to help save millions of children around the world. And you can send the message that God's children are no longer for sale. Father, I pray um, that our church, God, would, would be a church that would just quiet our hearts before you. And I pray, God, for true brokenness. We pray against emotionalism. But God would, true brokenness, really go deep. That we would be like Nehemiah, who heard the report of his brothers and sisters suffering. And he got on his face and he wept and he fasted for 21 days. And he was so dejected in front of the king that the king said, man, what is wrong with you? So, God, there's people that need to start fasting today. God, there's some of us that, that, that really need to do business with you, saying, oh, God, please, please. My heart is hard. I don't really care. I've been so consumed by my self-life. And what, what, what is it that I'm going to do with my life? And... And I've I failed to say, what do you want with my life? And so, God, I just pray. I pray, God, that you would raise up a church that would have this passion, this one thing 
that I do, this one thing that I do, that we would be people marked out of a place of brokenness so we would spend our lives for what you have called us to do, to put, put an end to evil in this world. Jesus, you came to destroy the works of the devil. And we want to be a church, God, that tears down the gates of hell. That's the kind of church you're building. You said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. We want to tear down the gates of hell and we want to rescue those who are in the jaws of the enemy. And we want to strike, we want to strike the enemy with with our fists, God, spiritually, so that they drop their prey. Help us to be a rescuing church, a healing church, a restoring church, an Isaiah 58 church, a James 127 church. Jesus, help us just to be like you. Forgive us, Lord, for the apathy, for the complacency. By your grace, would you begin to stir and awaken love. Stir and awaken love, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I was reminded when he asked, what if this was your daughter? Probably about 12 years ago, this this came to my mind, so I'm going to share it. And listen, if there's anything you can pray for me for, that the things that come to my mind would be led by the Holy Spirit, okay? Right? And I'm praying that for you, by the way. There's a lot of noise and distraction that comes from the enemy that gets us off. We got in this huge debate over over white privilege and which it's good to talk about, but you know what the church didn't focus on? Christ privilege. It's okay to have hard, but if we don't land on Christ's privilege, somebody without Christ is not privileged. I don't care if you're a billionaire. Here's the story. I was with some young men and we were prayer walking and praying for, uh, you know, prostitutes and people on the street and down on Broad, Broad Dixie Highway over there. And I'll never forget this. Um, there was a pimp and a prostitute right there and um, they knew us. And so, hey, hey, can you pray for us today? Okay. And there is a zeal, zeal without knowledge destroys. And listen, some of you younger folk, where there's a lot of judgments against older folk, there's a lot of judgments against the church, there's a lot of judgments, be very careful about that. In my zeal, I'm thinking we're out here, we're reaching prostitutes, we're praying for people, we're doing the real Jesus stuff. This is what Jesus would do. And most of the church is asleep and most of the church, right? Chris, did you really think like that? Yeah, yeah, and so do you. 
And as I got done praying for her, I walked away. And all of a sudden, a still small voice came in and convicted me of my pride because I felt like I did a really good thing, praying for them, sharing the gospel with them. And there was like, yes, Lord, you know, it's going to be a great day. I'm doing your will. I'm about your business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Encouraged. Yeah. And so there was a joy and excitement because I'm doing the will of God. But also there was a mixture of pride. There's always a mixture of pride because your flesh never goes away. C.S. Lewis talks about the insidious nature of pride. It just sneaks in, even on good things. I was doing a good thing. This is why we need to keep our hearts before the Lord. Search me and know my heart. And so as I walked away, feeling good about what I was doing, the question came to me, Chris, what if that was Riley? Riley at the time was like two or three years old. She's my princess. She's always my princess. She'll always be my princess. But all of a sudden, I just started crying right there on Dixie. Because if that was Riley, I wouldn't have prayed and left. I wouldn't have shared the gospel. There would be a dead pimp right there. I might have called some of my boys anyway. But in all seriousness, what if that was Riley? What would I do? I would have went bankrupt. I would have went on a 40-day fast. I would have went, you, you understand what I'm saying? And so church, if we don't, if we, sometimes things are just so big. No, what you do for one of the least of these, you do it for me. And God uses, he looks for a man who will stand in the gap, who will stand in the breach, who will stand in the thickest part and say, here I am, send me, I'll go, spend me. This isn't about me. I will die for what you've created me to do. And the reason we don't see the kind of move of God today is because where are the men like that? And where are the women like that? Where there is so much passion and fire that you're willing to spend it all just to have it. Amen. Song of Songs, chapter 5, please. Some of you are so stirred and so moved, you have the freedom to leave and go be with God now. Nobody's going to judge you. been in ministry for 25 years, and I want you to understand something, church. My heart has been on fire, and my heart has been apathetic, which is pathetic. There's been times where I've gone through the motions and just did my job. But there's been times where God stirred my heart and awakened me so that there was a passion and a fire. God is the one who does that. We see in Song of Songs multiple times, don't stir or awaken love until it pleases. And what we need to cry out is, God, please awaken love. 
please awaken love. Because see, we want to go rescue, we want to go serve, we want to go minister from a foundation of love. Not performance, not a have to, not a yoke. You're a bad Christian if you don't do something. No, no, don't miss this. This is why we're in Song of Songs. You have to do it from a place of love. Apostle Paul says that the love of Christ compels me. So guilt, shame, and condemnation come off. There's a pure love that should be compelling us as we go. Song of Songs, chapter 5, he answers her and he says, verse 1, I've come to my garden. How like my? My sister, my bride. I gathered my myrrh, my spice. I ate my honeycomb, my honey. I drank my wine with my milk. My, my, my. Nine times. I want you to understand that Christ is speaking over his beloved. You're mine, 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 you're mine. And I am so proud. I so love you. You are my prized possession. You are the apple of my eye. With one glance of your eyes, you've captivated my heart, my sister, my bride. Turn your eyes away from me because your look, it overwhelms me. Everything that I just said, by the way, those are all scriptures written from the heart of God to how he feels about his beloved. That's you and that's me. When we're convinced of love, by the way, fear has to go. If we can't step out in faith, often it's because you're not convinced of love. The enemy wants to come at you and discourage you because you're not stepping out in faith. That's not the voice of the Father. That's not the voice of Jesus. What Jesus will do is, you can't step out in faith because you're not convinced of my love. Come and let me love you. And that's what this book is about. I want you to understand something. Just jot this down. James 4, verse 5. It says, he yearns jealousy over the spirit. And that's a small s, by the way. He has put a human spirit within you. It's separate from the Holy Spirit, which would be a capital S. But when you become born again, the Holy Spirit regenerates your human spirit that you were born with. But yet because of Adam, it was cut off from God. And what God is saying, no, 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 no. That spirit that I put in you, I yearn jealously over that because I've made that to dwell in you. James 4, 5. God has a pure jealous desire from you don't allow the world to pollute jealousy there's a pure jealousy of God that is love that is good and that is right here's the question why did he come and take his stuff why did he come and take the stuff that's listed in verse one Because he was invited. Think about your last week. How many times did you invite Jesus into the situation? Did you start your day saying, Emmanuel, you're with me. 
Life is yours. Help me to, to, to just be aware today. I want to follow. I invite you in. I invite you in. Right? How many of us start our day with John 10? My sheep know my voice. A stranger's voice they will not follow. Jesus, I believe that's going to happen today. I believe I'm not going to follow the voice of the strangers today because your voice, I want it to be louder than every other voice. And not only that, I'm putting my finger on John 10, 5 because it says I'll not follow the voice of the stranger. When you start putting your finger on the Bible and then begin to walk it out like it's true, you're going to see things happen in your life that you've never seen happen. But listen, are you in inviting Jesus in. She invited him in. Let's go back to chapter four. And you're like, oh, Chris, we were going forward. Now we're going back. Yeah, we're just going back one verse. Listen, listen to her in 416. It says, let my beloved come into his garden, not my garden, his garden, and eat the best, eat the choices, eat the chief, eat the rosh, eat the best fruit. She's saying, hey, listen, take what you've planted in me. Notice the confidence in 16 as well. I'm his garden and I have choice fruits. Christian, Christian, Christian. Do you, are you a Christian that walks around comparing other Christians? Oh, I wish I had that gift. I wish I had that gift. I, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. If you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit. Romans 5, 5 says the agape of God is in your heart because of the Holy Spirit. And so you have the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience. Like you have that. It might be laying dormant. But what if God wants you to expect that stuff to come out as you walk with him and follow Jesus throughout the day? See, there's a confidence in this, in this invitation, come into your garden and eat its choicest fruits. She believes she has something implanted in her. Most Christians don't feel like they're qualified. If you have the Holy Spirit, you're qualified. I'll never forget the legalism that came over this one young man that used to serve at Urban Youth Impact. Great young man. But then he started going to a church that said, uh, you really shouldn't be serving unless you have your seminary degree because you don't understand Hebrew and Greek. And he quit serving. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Number one, that is so anti-biblical, Acts 4.13. Go read it at your own time. But man, if you have the Holy Spirit, you're qualified. And understand, you might not know everything, but God, he doesn't call the equipped. He equips those he calls. So Nehemiah, was, had he ever built a wall before? No, but when he did it in the power of God, after fasting for 21 days, he built the wall in 52 days because God is the one whose favor was upon him. You're gonna do things that you never thought you would do, not because of you and because where you went to seminary. It's because of the Holy Spirit that is in you because God wants no flesh to glory in his presence. So you have to come to the end of yourself so that only he lives. But there's a confidence in us. Okay, I do have something to give. Say that out loud, church. And it ain't me. Say that too. It's the Holy Spirit in me. Ah, when I start moving with the Spirit. That's good fruit, baby.
Some of you need to write this verse down, John 3, 27. Every Christian should have it memorized from my perspective. A man can receive nothing unless it's given to him from heaven. Some of you need to spend time on that for the next month and don't, don't read any other Bible verse. Why would I say that? Because some people walk with a lot of pride. They think they're all that in a bag of chips. What you have, you have because you've received it. And when we're convinced of that, we become humble. It's why I prayed for a long time, Lord, help bow down to to not succeed so that if it ever does, I'll know you did it. So good Christians, listen, God, help me to fail so much that I'm convinced I can't do anything at all. That's what his word says, John 15. Eat, friends, drink, and be drunk with love. Be drunk with love? I'm sure my kids are pretty much over seeing Colin and I being drunk with love in our house. They're over it. Trust me, they're over it. Jeremy, go ahead and put up the picture of the lovely Miss Cheryl. And I didn't embarrass you, Billy Joe, but anyway. Had the honor and privilege of being there at Cheryl's 60th birthday. And if you don't know, ouch. If you don't know uh, Cheryl, she kind of is, is a glue that runs bow down. Why am I, I bringing this up? Because when you walk into the office, here's what you're going to hear. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because... You're going to hear that. You're going to hear, Jesus, lover of my soul. And you're going to hear singing coming out of her little office as she's down on her computer. And she is just singing, singing, singing. Any staff members? Can I get a witness? Drunk people sing. Drunk people dance. And they shouldn't sometimes. I know that's nobody here. This is saying be drunk with love. There is a love that overflows that we walk singing. I intentionally missed over some of the needs of our church in our announcements, the rejection and abandonment. If you're interested, contact the church. We also need setup or breakdown. Help. Imagine if eight guys this today said, hey, I can do that once a month. We would have some, some problems solved. Imagine if a horse, uh, a horse, a house church said, you know what? Let's take, let's take one Sunday afternoon and just do breakdown once a month. And then out back, we can eat pizza, play basketball, have games, have fun, and fellowship. Let's do that as a, we'll serve together, then we'll fellowship together. It's just, I'm just throwing out ideas. Why am I throwing out ideas? It's because I don't want any of you to do this. 
When you listen to announcements and needs of the church, you need to ask the Holy Spirit, God, do you want me to do setup and breakdown? God, do you want me to do children's church? God, do you want me to? I just throw needs out. It's your job to pray and ask the Lord, hey, should, should I do this, Father? Is this something that you want to do? And here's the thoughts. Well, I don't like kids. No, listen, that's a, that's a real thought. How do I know that? Because the queen, Colleen, my wife, was invited to come serve at Urban Youth Impact over 20 years ago. And the first thought was when somebody said, hey, you should volunteer at Urban Youth Impact was, I don't like kids. I never have. They're annoying. But the Holy Spirit led her. And guess what? He led her there not because of the kids, but because... I, hey, I already had my hand to the plow. I was looking for somebody that was coming as fast as I'm coming after the kingdom of God and after these bad little kids. And I'm looking left and I'm looking right. Ooh, baby, come and do it with me. 20 years later. <laughs> the first thought that might come from your mind not, might not be from God. And because we haven't become proficient at hearing the Lord's leading, his promptings, his voice, we take that first thought that comes in, which we're called to capture every thought and make it obey Christ. So that's a disobedience of Scripture. So again, these two needs I lay before you. And here's, what, here's why that picture's there. If you don't do set up and break down and you're not singing like Cheryl, we kind of don't want you because you're not in love yet. If you don't sing while you're serving the kids, we might not want you either you're not in love yet. Cheryl, the reason why we hired her, because she was serving 30 hours a week as a volunteer for Bow Down. And I'm like, this girl's at homeless. This girl's at outreach. This girl's at, girl, this woman's at this. This woman's at this. This woman's at this. And I go to Stephen Hamilton. I'm like, face, who is this woman? Yeah, she's serving 30 hours every week as a volunteer. As a, she was probably 48 or 50 back then. I never ask those questions to ladies, so I'm just guessing. And when I saw that, I said, hey, would you come and do this? Well, I don't know how to do that. Again, she initially turned the job down because she didn't know how to do some computer work and administration, and here's the deal. I don't care about that because character and Christ-likeness is way more important than competency. And God will equip those he's called. I want somebody that's called. I want somebody that's singing while they're serving. Pray for me, because I don't sing every time I'm serving. But God still wants me. So I guess that was wrong. I don't want you if you're not singing. Listen, if you don't sing, we still want you. We just, if, if it's God's will. So that's why you need to pray about that. And hopefully all of you wrote down those two needs to pray and ask the Lord, okay, God, is this for me? Verse two, we're moving so fast today. It says, I slept. 
but my heart was awake. Have you ever been so in love that when you sleep, you're thinking about that person? When you awake, you're thinking about that person? Slept, but my heart was awake. A sound, a sound. My beloved, Song of Songs 5-2, my beloved is knocking, open to me, open to me, open to me, my love, my dove, my perfect one, for my head is wet with dew, my locks are with the drops of the night. I want you to turn to Revelation 3, please. I want you to, 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 to keep a place. Keep, keep. It says, my beloved is knocking in 5-2. My beloved is knocking. He's knocking. He's knocking. Who is this? Solomon? No, it's Jesus. And Jesus knocks. Listen to Revelation 3, verse 7. It says, the words of the Holy One, the true one, who has the keys of David, who opens that no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens. This is the the issue that I'm talking about with God privilege. I don't care who has has a shut door. My God holds the keys, and nothing can keep me from the will of God. Because even if I go to jail, I'm gonna do God's will. It's a different mindset. Christ's privilege. See, Jesus is knocking at the door of the church. He's always wanting to come in. Look at verse, verse 7. Uh, um, <clears throat> I just read that, sorry. See, she was a garden locked. Remember that in chapter 5? I think it was like verse 12 or something like that. She, in Song of Songs, a garden locked. Guess what? He has the keys. What doors, Christian, have you shut on Jesus? What doors do you not want him to go behind? And this is why we need the revelation of God to show us. See, see, Jesus, you have the keys, and, and I'm not strong enough to open up this door, by the way. Because there's doors I really don't want to open. In fact, I'm trusting in John chapter 10, verse 7, which says, Jesus says, I am the door. So Jesus, this is your door. I hear you knocking. See, some of us, there's door to past trauma in your life. And you don't want to open that door because it's too painful. And so you just keep doing Christian busy work, going to church. But um, you're not going through that door, Jesus. Some of you have a doorway to past church hurt. So you're never going to commit to a church again. You're never going to submit to leadership again. And so you have these beliefs and philosophies and you become a church hopper going from place to place to place. You're never engaging, never fellowshipping. And there's a door that Jesus is knocking on and you're like, no, 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 I'm not opening that door, Jesus. There may be a door to abuse. And God understands why that door is shut. But he's knocking on that. I'll never forget a time where this was, this was over 10 years ago. We were ministering to a young person, and they suffered sexual abuse from a parent for multiple years. For the first four months of ministry, 
I do not want to go there. I do not want to go there. I do not want to go there. Did Jesus stop knocking on that? No, but his knock is gentle. Baby, please, please open up. Let me in. Please open up and let me in. I so want to bring healing. I so want to bring restoration. I so want to walk you through this process. I so want to transform your life. I want to come in so the garden can grow. But many of us have our doors shut to Jesus. Some of us, we have the doors of our mouth shut. What do you mean, Chris? Jeremiah, your word is like a fire shut up in my bones that I could not keep silent. I got weary of holding it in. Many of us need to be speaking to our family, our coworker, our neighbors, our, and I can keep going, but the door of our mouth is shut because we don't think we know enough. Yeah, you don't. You don't know enough. Say, I don't know enough. But the Holy Spirit does. Open up my mouth, Lord. He's got the keys. He is the door. He's knocking. Verse 8 of Revelation 3. I know your works. Behold, I've set before you an open door. Which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power. And yet you've kept my word and you've not denied my name. Go down to verse 18. And we're going to finish with this. Verse 18, Revelation 3, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich in white garments. White garments, remember, flip over back to, to Song of Songs 5.3. It says, I have put off my garment. How could I put it on? And so understand in Revelation, right? He's saying there's garments that are for you. She was focused on her garments. He has other garments that if she just opens the door, I want to give you some garments. So that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see again. No one can see unless God opens their eyes. Verse 19, those whom I love. I reprove and I discipline. So be zealous and repent. Because of the love of God here in chapter five. We're going to see two tests that she has to go through. Lord willing, next week, the test of church hurt and the test of God hiding himself. She's going to experience that. Whom God loves, he disciplines. It's not always Satan. Our church has, 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 does not, because of the prosperity gospel, we do not have a, a, a good doctrine or theology of suffering. We do not have a good doctrine when God disciplines. Jesus is saying, I discipline, I discipline. Hebrews chapter 12, I discipline. So he's knocking, just like he's knocking in Song of Songs 5. Why? If anyone hears my voice, Revelation 3.20, and opens the door. I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. I want you to understand, put Song of Songs 5.1 right there in Revelation. This is 
what God wants. I came to my garden, my sister, my bride. I gathered my myrrh with spice. I ate my honeycomb with my honey. I drank my wine with my milk, right? Others eat, drink, be drunk with love like God wants in, not because he wants you to go do something. He wants to come in to the door of your heart to love you, to sup with you, to eat with you, to fellowship with you. Listen, I will come in and have him go work for me. No, it doesn't say that. I will come in and eat with him. That's fellowship. That's why the Pharisees were like, that guy eats with sinners. Eating with someone is an example of being one with someone. Because what they're eating, you're eating. What you're eating, they're eating. This is why communion is we want union with Jesus. Worship team, come on up, please. So we only got to two verses today. But that's okay. There is a lot of things that hopefully you are just sitting before the Lord saying, okay, God, what is it that I can, I can act upon? Actually, there's an acronym, A-C-T. A for act. What, what can I act upon? C, what can I change? T, what do I need to think about? a lot of stuff today. If we could get our prayer partners to just come on up, please. If I could get, if you feel led to just go ahead and stand. Church, if you feel led, if you don't, you can stay seated. We're going to worship our King. Our king wants to come into his garden and you are his garden and he has the keys to open every door and some of you you have doors that are locked and what God might be calling you today is come forward and confess those for me there was a door that I said to the Lord God I don't want to open this door because I love this more than I love you I know that's not right but please change me I'm welcoming you into this place even though I don't want to let you in and open the door the love of God will answer a prayer like that because you're being honest and real with him about where you're at so as we worship our king and adore him is our prayer that you would open up wide the gates that the king of glory may come in who is this king of glory strong and mighty it is Jesus that you would open up your life to Jesus and say come Lord come Lord come Lord I hear you knocking I want you to come in Jesus will hear that prayer and he will come because he loves you. Holy Spirit of God, have your way in this place. We thank you that you are here. 
Jesus, we just agree with Psalm 23 that says you will anoint our heads with oil so that our cup overflows. We ask, God, that you would fill our cup so that it would overflow, so that we would be like Miss Cheryl, singing and rejoicing today because all of our doors are just opened up to you and you are a good God, you are a good God and we are your garden, we are yours, God. What you have planted in us, wow, it is amazing. And so God, may we come into what you have promised. May we come into an understanding of the kingdom of God in this place. Come and have your way as we worship in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for visiting us today. Make sure to check us out online at www.bowdownchurch.com.